keeps me guessing. Uh, like, are they now? Are, they are we now? alive? Live from Pasadena, California, looking down live. Yes. Players warm up for action. Yes, we, we are live, DJ. So you, you can you can try that intro again if you'd like. Hi, welcome to Humble Beer Podcast. here with my co-host <laughs> <laughs> that that awkward pause was just an yeah. odd stare between me and dj yeah, how am i doing am i doing no just just keep oh, going with oh, it just, yeah come on i'm trying to do my best like play-by-play announcer <laughs> i couldn't well welcome to our humble beer podcast yeah. and today on our humble beer we have dj loop yeah I'm and chris guy. hill yeah and with us in the studio is tony schmidt hello hello it is Schmidt, right? Yes. Okay. I, I don't know why. That's bullshit. Pronounced a different way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Um, hey, joke over here. Nobody heard it. I, I heard it. I know you're trying yeah. to ignore it. Uh, yeah. Just, just. Uh, did you yeah. say bullshit? Yeah, I did. Well, it's funny because my uh, my girlfriend's name last name is Bullman. Oh. And we've really in 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 our family like they'll they'll address stuff to uh, the bullshits. And we've really thought. I was, I was like, "Hey, we should, you know, let's like let's screw the whole like you take my name weird thing. Like, let's just combine them. Is it let's put them together? You're like you Aaron and Tony Bullschmidt. Like, wouldn't that be cool? And she's like, "You're insane." And I was like, mm. "I think it works. Seems kind of cool. Like, be a good story. Yeah, it would be a great story. That's hilarious." Um, well, Tony, thank you for joining us today. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah I'm um, excited. Yeah, so we have Tony here. Tony, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, and I, I guess. Just to start us off, what's your background in the craft beer world? Uh, well, uh, I started a long time ago at a restaurant called Yard House, and it was just basically a beer-centric restaurant. Um, I think there's, I think there's one. They're making one in Atlanta right now, but a very large restaurant, huge menu, kind of American fusion, where there's a little bit of Asian stuff, a little bit of American stuff, a little bit of kind of this and that. And um, a very, very large uh, beer tower in the middle of every one of them. And they, they never have any less than 100 on tap. Um, so learned a lot about beer there, became a lead bartender, and started training the staff on beer. And then um, Stone opened up a new restaurant in San Diego. Um, and one of the servers there, her husband was uh, the hiring manager. And so I got my stuff together and uh, kind of made an attempt to get in there. And I got in there and... Um, Part of that was uh, getting my uh, certified beer server um, certificate from the Cicerone program. And so I really had to kind of start learning about beer even a little bit more. I was pretty prepared, but it, it did kind of put me through my paces and show me that I needed to learn a little bit more. And then I got into Stone. I started uh, with the opening team as a bartender and made it to lead bartender and then eventually to bar manager. And um, I started doing talks on beer um, at Stone for corporate groups and stuff and uh, help running uh, big events there, um, like uh, Belgian Fest and Sour Fest. And then after a few years, um, my girlfriend was going through nursing school, and um, we were getting almost done with it, and there wasn't that much going on with nursing in San Diego, so we started looking at going to other places. Northern California came up, and um, Arizona was tossed around, and then one day she was like, hey, what about Knoxville, Tennessee? And I said, where? <laughs> and uh, she was like, oh, it's, 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 it's about three hours from Nashville. And she had gone to Nashville um, like a year or two before and had a really good time. And I said, well, gosh, you know, like, um, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. And I started looking into it, and um, I found a website called Knox Beer Snobs. And I was nice. like, oh, this is kind of cool. And I started, I've heard of those guys. Oh, you, look, you know, here and there. Um, and I started looking at it and it was a really well-organized website and it had a list of all the breweries in town. And so I started looking around and it was like, wow, they're kind of really into this stuff. Like it's, it's, it's new there, but they're, they're growing. And, uh, little did I know, I mean, once I was here, I found out that this was all like in maybe one year before I came into town. So it was really all brand new. 
Um, and that was exciting. And I was like, when I worked at Stone, I was wished that I could go back in time and start when they started and be a part of it. Like it had been going for about 20 years before I only got into it or about like 17. But, um, so I, uh, was looking into it and found some cool places and I started putting out some applications, just kind of testing the waters. And, um, you know, we were, we were just kind of looking into it. And then one day she sent me a picture of a house and she was like, Hey, guess how much this costs? And I was like, Oh, it's probably $900,000. Like it looks like a really nice house. And she's like, no, it's $150,000. And that's where I learned <laughs> that the uh, real estate in Tennessee is much different than California. Yes. And so that was, that was a big turning point, too, because it was like, wow, we could really afford a house. This is really cool. And uh, then I got a call back from Balter Beer Works, and they were interested in uh, hiring me. Did and you, the question is, did yeah. you just write, like, in Margaret, like, Big Sharpie, I worked at Stone on your applications and handed it to everybody? <laughs> uh, well, I'm not going did, to. I did email everybody from my Stone email. There you go. And, and I did that on purpose. I did that on purpose. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, I talked to Balter for a little bit and they hired me on around uh, December and we were coming out in February. Um, so we, we sold just about everything we had and uh, put everything into two cars and uh, just came out here. And um, it was great. I met Will uh, Redemeyer, brewer for Balter, and uh, started talking to him. And I mentioned that I was looking eventually to doing uh, the certified Cicerone and uh, he was like, you know what, I should, I should introduce my friend Rob. Um, yeah, he does this website. It's called Knox Beer Snobs. And I was like, what? <laughs> this is kind of crazy. Um, so I got in touch with Rob, and Rob was just about to start a BJCP class, which is the Beer Judge uh, Certification Program. Uh, and Jordan Skeen, uh, who is now with uh, Oscar Blues. Oscar Blues, yeah. Yes. Um, she was with Sawworks at the time, but she was teaching the class. And it was a three-month-long class. Uh, and there's one going on right now at uh, Last Days of Autumn. And I think he's going to do another one in the fall. So anybody out there looking to uh, learn more about beer, it's a great place to do it. Uh, it's a three-month-long course that just goes over every style. And it goes over judging and how you judge and um, how to fill out the forms correctly and how to you know, understand things and understand beer a little bit more. And I got into that and uh, met, met uh, Rob and uh, met George from Sutries and met a bunch of great people and uh, started really getting into it. And then all that stuff really applied to the Cicerone program. And so I was like, I just, just keep on going. So I kind of got all my ducks in a row and started just, you know, kind of taking them out and studying and just getting everything done. And about uh, seven months later, I took the test. Wow. Yeah. So certified beer judge. Uh, I'm a recognized beer judge. Recognized. When I do, I do one more judging and I'll get certified. So Very cool. Yeah, I'm very close to certified beer judge. But that's not the only thing you're certified in. You're, oh. you're certified in something that um, in Knoxville is a little more renowned. Uh, yeah, I am a certified Cicerone. Um, I did take that test. Uh, the only other one in town is my good buddy uh, Jeremy Walker from uh, Yeehaw. Hmm. And uh, yeah, so I'm one of two certified Cicerones in Knoxville right now. Uh, which feels really good. Now, now, what is the difference between being a, say, certified Cicerone and just being a, I think there's like some level of Cicerone that's below that. Mm -hmm. The first What's, level is a certified beer server in the Cicerone program. And um, what you need to do for that is you basically take an online quiz. Hmm. Uh, it's, I believe it's $70 and I think it's um, 80 questions, I believe. You have a half hour to do it, all multiple choice. Um, you have two chances to do it uh, when you, once you pay. And there's a 10-question uh, uh, practice exam to kind of see if you kind of know what you're doing, mm. kind of a test run. Um, and that's all you really need to do for that one. Uh, once you pass that, you get the certificate and you get a little pin and a patch in the mail and you are a certified beer server, uh, which is still really important. It's a, mm. it's a decently sized test and it's a... You know, you do need to kind of know your stuff to pass that. Um, uh, I'm the general manager at Casual Pint, and I made sure that all my beer tenders are certified beer servers because huh. uh, the level of information that you need to know is just at a good level. And if you can pass that test, I, in my opinion, can rely on you to be able to talk beer competently with anybody, hmm. you, know, on a, on a, you know, on a basic to slightly advanced level. That's um, cool. Yeah. And so that's the level, uh, that's the initial level, and then one level up, which is a relatively big step up, is Certified Cicerone. 
Mm. After that, there is a advanced certified Cicerone and then master Cicerone. And the advanced is uh, something they just uh, started because <coughs> the jump from uh, the jump from certified Cicerone to advanced Cicerone or to master Cicerone is really really big. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, it's, it's a, all good. Yeah, it's a really big jump from uh, the jump from certified to master was about as big as the jump from certified beer server to certified Cicerone. It was a really, really big jump. And a lot of people were saying, I don't really want to go all the way to master, but I want something else. So they did the advanced one. Because mm. the master, there's uh, currently 14 in the whole world. Wow. Yeah. Uh, certified Cicerone, there's like, I think like four or 5,000. Okay. Um, and then advanced, it's just because it's brand new, I think there's only like a couple hundred. Cool. So are you going for advanced? Do you hope Eventually. To... Yeah, eventually I'll go for advanced for sure. Uh, right now, you know, I mean, I just started at Casual Pint like a few months ago, and I'm, I'm really enjoying learning that. And I'm, you know, really busy doing uh, the education stuff for uh, Kaba. And uh, also for uh, Casual Pint as well, I do education for all the uh, new franchise owners and stuff. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, so tell us a little bit more about uh, Casual Pint and some of the great things going on there. Uh, well, that's, you know, I'm, I'm actually the general manager of the corporate store, which is the original one that opened five years ago. And uh, there's eight all over uh, in kind of Tennessee. Um, you can uh, take, then, one of, take it, steal in one of his studio bros. Oh, of course. Us. Yeah. Yeah. I may steal another one myself. <laughs> yeah. Go for it, guys. That's what they're there for. Uh, do we have an. I have a church key. I know this is the exciting part of the podcast. Somebody's driving along right now, and we're going, you know what? We could really use another beer. And they're like right? dying of thirst, traveling along, like, wherever you, just you are. I'm sorry. a good story for a beer. <laughs> and nobody... If we need, I can go grab one. Oh, got it. Look at that. I was getting more concerned. That I didn't know where my keys were. We're a <laughs> beer podcast that does not have a bottle opener. It's okay. We have an extra bed. I mean, you're, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. I'll just open this right in front of the mic. There you Sounds go. Good. Uh -oh. And, and oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> That's one heck of a beer. So oh man! Wow. Attention, ladies and gentlemen. So, so this is, Attention, this is ladies and gentlemen. Right here, I just broke we the church have, key. I am so uh, sorry about oh, that. Oh, it's all right. I hope that's not like a one that's a really personal to you. Well, if I go to California, I can get another one. Oh, oh no! The brewery from Dude, Placentia, so California. <laughs> Don't feel. <laughs> it's all right. We. Uh, go this is going to be a great bottle story. opener down. Bottle opener I know, down. Right? Do you have a taps sample? See, I was, I was just I was working out right before I, this. Yeah, I just, I'm just I gonna jack right now. Surging through my body, that I just I just crushed that. That is hilarious. Oh my gosh. No, that's funny. Don't feel bad. That's yeah, I'm gonna need a picture of that before you. Leave yeah, it, right. So we can show people what <laughs> what I did. Okay. Like I said. Okay, and and we're back. Yeah, yeah. we're back. <laughs> back to casual pine. Oh my gosh, that is insane. I don't know my own strength. What can I say? Let's go. <laughs> this is yeah. This is a good beer for sure. Met place. those guys a couple of times. They're cool people. Oh yeah, they're super cool. For those curious, we're drinking the uh, Studio Brew Das Pilsner. Yeah. It is fantastic. Very German. Uh, but yeah, they've been opening yeah. up new stores. Um, they've got them in Arizona, uh, Nebraska. We're doing some in. Uh, we've got North Carolina's coming up. Um, South Carolina, Greenville. Um, so we're really spreading out, you know, and, and kind of making making a little wave. So it's nice. And yeah. then uh, if anybody's interested in the casual pint, we have a uh, an iOS and Android app that'll kind of get you to, uh, you can sign up for that and become part of the brew crew or the brewmaster crew. The brew crew is just basically you don't have to pay anything and you mm. get little benefits for, you know, every dollar you spend in the stores, it goes towards points and you get some discounts and uh, you can also follow the stores you like and um, any events you get notified or what's on tap and things like that. So it's a great way to kind of get connected to the casual pint. Wow. Well, cool. well, what was yeah. one of the things that um, like drew you to the casual pint like, as a, a, a job type deal? Well, I just thought it was like when I first came into town, we went to the one that was close to us. We, uh, we used to live in Hardin Valley. And so I went to the Hardin Valley casual pint. I heard about it you know, when I'm in my Yelp searches of what's around. And uh, I was well. We got to check this place out, and we joined the brew crew for the uh, the free growler and doing the growler fills every month and everything. And it was a great bottle shop. But what I liked about it was that, it, mm, excuse me, beer. It's, yeah, it'll beer. Do that. It'll do that. <laughs> what I liked about it was that it was it, you get this kind of like 
coffee shop vibe, which I had never really felt before in a beer place. Uh, there's bottle shops in San Diego, and you know they're they're great and everything, but it, they definitely feel more like a bar where uh, you go to a casual pint, and it's really relaxed. You can go there and have a work meeting, or you know just kind of like hang out with a friend, and it's just more comfortable. Yeah, and I haven't seen that anywhere else. I've always thought that about the casual pints, that it's more approachable to the non-craft beer guy. Yeah. Because um, there's there's other places in Austin and stuff you can go into, and you walk into it, and you feel comfortable, but it's like it, but you feel like you should know more about craft beer. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. feel, you feel like you should, and you, you, you kind of hear the conversations, and people are talking about different complexities and stuff like that, and or it's more might, might be a little rough around the edges or something, and you're like, it's the guy with the business tie and suit, or the or the kid, just um, the college kid wanting to have a have a beer while he studies. is yeah. yeah. not going to be that's that's not going to be as approachable. And I think the casual pint does that really well. Yeah, that's what I always liked about it. And um, when I did the uh, BJCP course, it was at that Hardin Valley. They have a back room, and we did the classes back there. And um, mm-hmm. I started doing uh, when Jordan went to Oscar Blue, she couldn't do her education pieces there, and so I said, "Hey, like I'd love to do some of this stuff." Um, I'm studying for the Cicerone exam, and I, I need to go over this stuff. And, and I, I taught uh, drums uh, for, like, gosh, the past, like, nine years in San Diego. So, like, I like teaching. Um, in all my jobs, I've always been, uh, like, lead server, lead bartender, and I always kind of enjoyed training people and showing mm-hmm. them how to do things. And so I thought, well, gosh, what better way to study as well as get my name out there is let's do some beer classes. Yeah. And it was great because... I'd be up there and I'd do my presentation and somebody'd be like, well, hey, what about this? And I'd be like, oh, I don't know the answer to that. And I just said, hey, you know what? I don't know, but uh, let me look that up. And then for the next class, I will let you know. And it was great because I was immediately able to find out the holes in my knowledge and fill them like very quickly. And also, it, you know, if you have to go up in front of somebody and talk about something, you have to know what you're talking about. So studying in that Kind of mindset of like, on Sunday, I'm going to go talk about this in front of people, so I better know it. <laughs> and that really motivated me to really know my stuff, and it, it really helped. And um, about halfway through, um, I was doing a six-part class, and halfway through, I started talking to Tom. He's uh, one of the owners there, Tom and Suzanne. Mm. And uh, I said, hey, you know, do they have like a corporate trainer like for beer and service and stuff, you know, at Casual Pint? And he was like, well... Jordan did some of that stuff, and then I've, you know, they've had some other people come in, but I don't think they have anyone in particular. And so he made some calls, and then I sat down with Josh, uh, Nathan, uh, Nathan's brother. Nathan's the owner of the mm-hmm. Casual Pint. Mm-hmm. And I sat down with him and kind of told him what I was talking about, and he was like, you know, I'm really interested. He's like, we don't have a need for that just yet. He's like, but we're going we're gonna to keep you know, hold of your resume, and uh, you know, he's like, we might give you a call. And three weeks later, they gave me a call, and they said, do you want to manage their corporate store? And I said, yes, I would like to do that. Hmm. And it's been great because it's, it's a place where I can continue to do my education. And um, I've already done, like, a few food pairings, which is kind of a new passion of mine. And hmm. um, it just puts me in, in touch with so many different beers and also just so many different people, like, that are trying these new beers. And it's been wonderful, especially with the law changing lately. Like, hmm. that's been a huge thing. Like, that was... So exciting to be able to kind of reshape Casual Pint because that's what I wanted to do. I knew what was coming and the kinds of beers that were coming, and I was able to kind of strip that store down and get rid of the stuff that we didn't need and bring in the stuff that's brand new and people are looking for. That's exciting. Oh, it was super exciting. It's it's got kind of like almost a second resurgence or renaissance here in Knoxville area. I guess it's probably a state because people are digging it. Because the new with with the new laws, you're just like. Like it's just, you you walk into your same old shop or your same old bar and it's completely um, completely different lineups and stuff. Yeah, yeah D- DJ and I were hanging out on Saturday night and um, they have picked up some goodnight from Beard and Beer Market and I was just like, you got this from Beard and Beer Market. Like yeah. it's still so new to me that I'm like I I can't believe this is that accessible right now. Oh yeah, and it's just awesome. That's something I've been trying to work on is kind of because I mean you know guys like us we you know. Four months ago, we were going to the liquor store most of the time for our beer because yeah. it was like, well, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, I can get this and this at Casual Pint, but like, I'm also looking for these three things, so I might as well mm-hmm. just go to the liquor store. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then you find you, you know, the things, the big things you're looking for, and you grab a six pack of the lower stuff too because you're already there. You know, I wanted people to know that, hey, like, we've got this stuff because I think 
all of us, we knew about this law change and we were ready for it. We we're like, oh yeah. man, we're going to be able to get this. We're going to be able to get this. We'll be able to get this. This is going to be so great. But like a lot of people that aren't super into beer, they were, they maybe didn't even know about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just kind of like, oh, well, wait, what's going on? And it was like, hey, so I tried to focus on, hey, bigger selection. Yeah. I mean, but by that point, I mean, like I was at, um, again, just going back to the newness of it all. I was at Barley's recently, and I got the two-hearted ale for their hat. It was on their half-price list. Yeah, it's just crazy. They used to be a high grab that you had to pay extra for. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, no, I will say, and also, it's for me, it's the the borderline beers, like the beers that are like six, seven, or they're like they're they're just over the six point two five. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Those are the those, those are the ones that I like. Super excited about where you go. You can go to the beer market. You can go to the casual pints and places and you can get those now and so like like you said instead of going to the liquor store and getting that seven percent beer beer it, it seemed ridiculous almost uh, yeah it, especially uh, when it's so close it's kind of yeah. like this wasn't because people go oh you got the high gravity stuff and i was like well technically yeah <laughs> it's only after high gravity after 10.2 but you know when it comes to you know, yeah, like high sixes and low sevens. It's like, that wasn't much of a stretch from what we already had. Yeah. yeah. Not crazy at all. And so many beers, so many great beers are in that range. Right, exactly. You know, that we just couldn't have for some reason or were hard to get to. And it was like, hey, these are great examples of these styles. And, you know, and it's really exciting. And I think, you know, one of the things that's most exciting to me is like, I mean, with all our local brewers, like, they're drinking these beers anyway. They oh, were yeah. going to the liquor stores and doing that. But now it's in everybody's eyes and everyone's faces mm-hmm. and they're they're drinking these things and it's going to just step up the quality of everything yeah you know because you've got these great beers coming in from out of state and now from in state mm-hmm. you know and people are going wow okay this is the norm yeah, i'll yeah, say like the more i think the more outside beer people in Oslo can get it's more pressure it puts on the brewers in Oslo to drink or to to um because you you can always use they get to see everything now. It, it makes yeah. consistency happen. It makes quality happen. Yeah. You know, and we've got great brewers here, but you know, it's just going to put it up to a you know a bigger level. You know, yeah. which I think is wonderful. You know, exactly. Yeah, for sure. I will say, um, DJ, you kind of mentioned this earlier about the coffee shop feel that Casual Pine has. Um, that's one thing I was really excited about. Um, I moved back to Knoxville from Lexington, Kentucky, and Lexington okay. and Louisville both had similar bottle shops up there when I was living up there and nothing mm-hmm. was like that here in Knoxville until Casual Pint came along. You know, uh, they're just about to open one in Lexington? Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're up for some steep, stiff competition up there. They've got some good ones. Yeah. Um, but I, I just love that that concept finally came to Knoxville and oh, it's yeah. great to hear, you know, what all's happening with it and how it's growing. So, yeah. yeah that's it's, cool. Yeah. I've always really liked the the vibe they have. That's one of the most important things. And I like what you said about having everything be a little bit more approachable. Because I think that's the biggest hurdle to craft beer is having it be that, like, I equate it to, like, the first time I went to a sushi place. Hmm. Where I was like, no, I'm totally in for this. And then it's like, you look at the menu and you don't know what anything's called. And you look at it and it doesn't, you know, looking at it doesn't really help that much. And you're just like, oh, man, like, there's just so much, you know. And, you know, if you have a good beer tender or bartender and they're able to explain it and kind of step you through it slowly... You learn kind of the basics, and that's what those education things I'm doing are all about, too, is yeah. talking about, you know, the first one I'm doing uh, on Wednesday. I was about to say, tell, tell us what, you, what you're doing with the education classes. Well, the education classes... And, and is it, this is through Kaba, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm partnering up with Kaba. I'm the, I'm the education chair for Kaba, and uh, we wanted to do Excellent. something to basically get people more into craft beer. Um, and like we're talking about where that main thing is that people are just not, and it's not like it's like they're not educated. Like that's not a good way to put it. It's a complex thing. You know, it's not just let's have a beer. You know, it's like to get more into craft beer, like there's a lot of different styles of beer and um, there's a lot to know. And there's a lot to, when you're faced with a craft beer wall, you know, you've got 32 beers here. Which one do you want? What do I do? Oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so if you know just a few styles and a few, you know, oh, dark stuff, I've got this, this, and this, light stuff, I've got this, this, and this, um, that helps you so much. I remember the first time I went to a bar, I was just like, okay, rum and coke, rum and coke, rum and coke, just say rum and coke, say rum and coke. <laughs> like you had that rum and coke that one time and it was really good. So just say that when he asks you, you know, <laughs> hey, what do you want? I don't know. <laughs> you know, so if, if they have some, you know, they have something to go off of. 
And that's what I'm trying to provide them with, um, like the first one, um, which will already be done, I think, once this is yeah. played, uh, beer styles, is just going over beer styles and, and going over the basics of beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I've, I go over um, all the ingredients, I go over the brewing process, um, and these are all separate classes. I've got a class for grain, a class for hops, a class for uh, yeast and water, a class for the brewing process, and then I go pretty deep into actually dark beers as a whole class. Mm. Belgian beers is a whole class. And then I think the last class I'm finishing up with uh, Pretentious and we're doing a beer service. Mm. And that's going to cover the glassware you use for beers, how to pour a beer, um, food pairing. And uh, just kind of like if you're, if you're doing a flight for somebody at home or friends, um, kind of a good way to design a flight, things like that. Kind of things to think about when you're either hosting a beer event or if you're just drinking beer at home and some things that can kind of help with it. Um, so it's basically just, I'm just trying to help people like, like beer. That's great. It can be kind of tough and I want to make it easier because yeah. it's really fun. Yeah. Speak, speaking of liking beer, are you doing anything about off flavors? The, the opposite of liking beer is probably disliking. <laughs> and a lot of times people have a bad taste in their mouth because they might've gone to a place and they had like, you know, bad lines in the, you know, in the, um, taps or something like that and just not had a good impression of what they had. So that I'm not really covering too much. I may hit on that here and there in certain parts of the thing, of, of the presentations, mm-hmm. but I'm not doing a specific presentation on off flavors. Um, gotcha. I will cover that a little bit. I'm going to do another program that will probably start either late spring or in the summer, but it's going to be a quarterly uh, program where every, maybe about four times a year, I'm going to do a class, and it's going to be industry only, and it's going to basically be a preparatory uh, seminar for uh, becoming a certified beer server. Cool. So I'm going to go over the syllabus that they have. If you go to cicerone.org, you can get the syllabuses for all the different levels. And basically, I've taken that syllabus and I've just made it into a presentation. And I'm going to go through it and kind of mm-hmm. prepare people to be able to take that exam. Um, you know, it's it's targeted at at industry. You know, in San Diego, you cannot get a job at a beer place without that. Mm-hmm. They want you to have that to start with. And I'd love it if it was like that in uh, Knoxville. Um, so I'm not specifically doing anything on off flavors, but I will talk about them a little bit here and there. Um, you know, I think that's something that people should know, uh, but it is a little bit more advanced, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I have done, uh, just privately, I've done off flavor seminars. Cool. Uh, that was something that I did cause I knew people that were interested. And then I also needed to do it for the Cicerone exam cause the, the actual beer tasting part of that exam is pretty hairy. Mm, yeah. So I, that was one of the ways I started doing it was I was doing it for other people or I'd get a bunch of friends together and they would help me uh, get the kit because the kits are like, you know, basically to do a, one of those seminars, it's about 160 bucks. Okay. And so if I can get 10 people together, it's like, yeah, just everyone give me 16 bucks and we're ready to go. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's really neat. I've always wanted to explore more about off flavors because I, I feel like it, it's hard to sometimes you judge a beer if you don't know what an off flavor is. If it tastes off and it tastes funny and then oh, yeah. you can't put your finger on what it is, yeah. then, then you're in this awkward place when someone hands you a beer and they go, here you go, you should like this. And you're like, this doesn't taste right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, off flavors can be tricky because it's yeah. like in some beers, they're supposed to be there. And then in other beers, they're not. You know, So it's a mm. style thing. Uh, something that was in one beer would be an off flavor in, one, in another beer, like um, in a Hefeweizen. Uh, the banana and clove flavor. If you find that in another beer, it's an off flavor. But if you find it in a Hefeweizen, it's correct. Hmm. You know, Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so, so one question I always love to ask when, when we have a, 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 like a, what I would call a certifiable beer expert on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We, we were, we're humbling ourselves. We, we are humbling <laughs> ourselves. Yeah, we, DJ. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, when we have a certifiable beer expert on the podcast, um, I always like to ask the question I had heard. Um, I don't know if you, we talked about podcasts we listened to earlier. I don't know if you've ever heard Tim Ferriss um, in any of his podcasts. So if you haven't, he does an episode where he talks to a master um, sommelier. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the liquor term is or the whiskey term is, but he's like a master liquor taster too. Mm-hmm. He's like one of the few people in the world, like one of the, like two or three people that have both. Okay, and um, he says he doesn't like craft beer because he doesn't think it has a sense of place. Oh, like the terroir. Yeah, the terroir it doesn't yeah. have that, and therefore he doesn't like it. So, does craft beer have a sense of place? 
well, terroir. And and what what are your feelings on that? Well, I mean, in the in the classic sense of like wine, it's it's stretching to say it does because like you know so much of wine. I mean, in with wine too, you have this direct translation from the grapes because it's basically like what's in this? It's grapes. It's grapes and yeast, and like that's basically it. And so the grapes coming from the ground and having, you know, certain things from that going into wine, like there's a pretty much a direct translation there. With beer, it's like you've got these three ingredients, you know, grain, hops, and water, and you do stuff with them, and then you put it to yeast, and that totally transforms it. Um, so going through all those transitions, like, is there something left behind that's like, oh, this grain comes from X? It's like, no, not really, like... Based on the flavors, I could say, oh, this is probably grown here because that's where that grain is grown. With grain, it's it's much more kind of all over the place. But hops, they are in certain places. So I think hops do qualify where you have certain hops and you can only grow certain hops in certain places. Like, for instance, like Fuggle Hops. It's a British hop. Um, now, there is an American Fuggle, but it's also the American Fuggle. It's different. You know, there if you, if you take um, a certain hop that's grown in a certain place and you put it in a different soil, it will taste a little different. So I think with that, you can, there is an identity of place, but with, you know, the kind of the global marketplace, it doesn't mean that it came from there. Mm. You know, you can make, you can make a very authentic British um, ale right here in Knoxville just mm. by ordering all the right parts and making it, mm. you know. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I see what they're saying, but it's kind of like, does that really matter? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you, in my opinion, it more has the personality of the brewer. That, and mm. that, that's I like the, that. I like that. Then I, what I like to think of it is, is a lot of times you'll drink a beer, and if you, get a, if you get the chance of meeting the brewer, it's like when you have a calf killer, and you're like, man, this is funky weird. Then you go meet them, and you're like, oh, you, you, you're the one who brewed it. <laughs> I understand now. <laughs> because it has their personality into it. And I think that's one, one of the great things about like craft beer is you got the personality of the person behind it then and um usually nine times out of ten the brewers are more accessible mm. yeah you it's easier for you and unless it gets to a, a, a big brewery like stone or something mm -hmm. like that or yeah but most of the time your neighborhood brewer like you get to hang out you probably get a chance to hang out and have a beer with him oh yeah and, yeah. and so and you get to you get to find out the history behind it yeah yeah yeah, and, and and when you say that, I think about some of the brewers that I know, and I'm like, yeah, I get that. Like, you know, Alliance Adam Engel, he's he's got a style, he's got a he's got a personality that I I think very clearly comes out in his beer. Like, and like for, for me, um, I just I was I was we've been watching the Tennessee beer run, and for me, I've always loved um, I've always loved Black Abbey beers. Mm -hmm. Always loved black, black Abbey beers, and went to the went to and, and a new casual pint. We watched a lot of soccer matches there. Not casual pint, but uh, 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 hops and holler always has not some casual pint. I don't yeah, know if you should say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I know they probably do have a lot of Black Abbey there. But then I heard the the history behind the, the brewery Black Abbey, and it was related to Martin Luther and 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 uh, and they have a five points IPA, which is a five points of Calvinism. And I was like that. I related to that, and I didn't, and I had no clue that was what that was what the. Now I like their their beer tastes better to me even more now. <laughs> and it, no, but the beer, the I like the brewery even more. It's it's special to me now because I have a relating factor with it, and I don't think you get that with many other beverages. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that's one of my favorite things. It's a goofy thing, but one of my favorite things about beer is like what you know the the crazy titles they get. Yeah, and. Not just the crazy titles they get, because there's you know the goofy titles that are like, oh, that's clever, or this or that. But like, you get this story, yeah. and the story becomes really interesting. You know, like with Studio Brew, for instance, it's sitting right here in front of me. Like, it's called that because the guy used to the main brewer Eric used to be a, uh, a studio photographer, oh. and he turned his studio into a brewery, and so it became Studio Brew. And it's like you learn something like that, and then you have an instant connection. Yeah, exactly. You know, and like just like you were saying with Black Abbey, you like started learning all this stuff, and it was like not only did you really enjoy the beer, but now you had this personal connection and stories, and that's that's what I love about you know beer, and and and, and even in the community of beer, it's like what do you do when you're drinking beers? You talk to people. 
Exactly. Yeah. You know, and you make these connections, and and you know that's why I love you know talking about beer while I'm drinking beer. It's like a, I remember it was a fight for years for the beer market to put uh, Wi-Fi in because they didn't want people to have Wi-Fi. Oh. They wanted to promote it. They want, they want people on their phones or on computers. They want to promote. I, I kind of like that. Promote a conversation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it took it took to the point where people were coming, students were coming to, and and business people were coming to on uh, to have a beer after work. They needed it, but to work yeah. to yeah. work. So they end up doing business it. Business meetings. Bu- yeah, business stuff. I mean, come on, let's do business over beer. Yeah. yeah. I do it a bunch. So, <laughs> but I, I do. I kind of like that that mo- that I'm really big into pub history. That that you go to the pub and you talk about. What happened today in the town? What happened today in life? And yeah. you do, and you have a discussion over the beer. Yeah, that's what pubs used to be. They yeah. did everything there. They did law. They did meetings. They did town meetings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, American Temperance ruined a lot of that. Let's be yeah, honest. yeah, it did. We're still recovering here, yeah. in, here in the south. Yeah, uh, not to be a downer, but uh, yeah. exactly, just yeah. rained on my parade over there. I've been I've been reading through um, a book very slowly. I love the author, but he's just so dense with his writing; it just takes me forever to get through it because I want to really pay attention to it. Oh sure. Um, but it's a book called Island of Vice. It's about Teddy Ooh. Roosevelt as the um, gosh, what is it? He was the police commissioner, mm-hmm. um, or one of the on the committee, or on the like one of the police commissioners of New York back in the late eighteen hundreds. And he was very much, um, I'm going to follow the law to a letter. And that included cleaning up a lot of the beer laws and the controversy that he had as a result of that. But, you know, obviously the the opposite side of that is the fact that he had to deal with Germans that were very much against him. You know, basically he was ruining their way of life by... Bringing in these laws and bringing in this culture, but you know mm-hmm. their culture revolved around, "Hey, we're done with work. Let's go have a beer." And then he would say, "There's a Sunday drinking law. We can't have beer, uh. and you can't have liquor. You can't drink on Sundays." And so he enforced that to a T. But you know, just seeing things like that, it's like it's it's no wonder we lost that culture here in America when you have that kind of strictness. But anyways, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's returning though. I mean, so many for I mean, sure. The beer laws are changing all over the place, and it was funny because I mean, I was really shielded from that. In California, like there's just oh, yeah. not really much of a law. It's you know you kind of anything goes, and I hadn't really even heard about any of any you know. If once I really thought about it, like oh like you know there's dry counties out there and this and that, uh, but when I came out here, it was like oh wow like six two like oh this is rough. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, when I found out about that, I remember sitting in my office and I was like six two like wait that's this is that's as high as it goes. And I was like everything in my fridge is illegal in Tennessee. Because I had a bunch of double IPAs and stuff like that. And I was yeah. just like, whoa. You know, then when we came out here, like, it was like the first week we were out here, and we're like, hey, let's do tacos tonight. Yeah, that sounds good. You know, let's get some margaritas and stuff. That sounds great. Yeah. So we got the steak, and we got the margarita mix, and we got the ta- we got the tortillas and all that good stuff. And we're like, wandering around the supermarket, like, where is the tequila here? And then, like, <laughs> we, had, we finally asked, and they're like, yeah, it's, you have to go to another store. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, and you decide you want some beer with your tequila, and then what happened? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but the laws are changing. You know, we've already gone up to ten two, and like you know, states all over the place are changing. And in you know, the, you know, it's still a little crazy when it goes from state to state. Where I think it's uh, I think it's Georgia where you can't give out beer, so they charge extra for the tour, and then you get free beer with the tour. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's like you know, they're not really selling you beer; they're just giving it away. But then. The tour is more expensive, yes. and you have to get all these little turnarounds and stuff. And but I think that's what's been awesome about the craft beer movement is that it's removing all that stuff. It's making it's it's such an industry, and it's such a you know there's such a, a big following to it that people are going like we need this in our town. Yeah, you know, and, and people are getting that you know here for sure. You know, I mean, there is such a big excitement about craft beer, and I love that every day. Like just like being a part of Kaba and like you guys doing this podcast. Yeah. All that stuff. It's like, that's everything I wanted in San Diego. When in San Diego, it was almost kind of taken for granted where it was like, yeah, yeah, we have the best beer scene ever. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, you don't though. Like, you know, you're taking yeah. it for granted a little bit. And How many also, breweries were in San Diego? By uh, the way? Well, now there's over 170. Holy cow. And that's in San Diego, like San Diego County, which is still wow. pretty big, but like, it's crazy. But the thing I didn't like about San Diego, and I'm an IPA guy through and through, um, but everything was just hoppy. Like it'd be like try our new hoppy brown or try our hoppy saison or 
And that was one thing when I came out here, the first thing I really noticed, I was like, wow, this is cool. They have a brown. And it's just a brown. In San Diego. And it's, yeah, in San Diego, it was hoppy this and hoppy hot, that. Hot puns, hot puns galore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lots of that, you know. And that's something that I, I see happening more here. Like, there's more double IPAs, and the IPAs are certainly flowing in from all over. And people are getting really excited about them. But I really hope that people, and I've seen it, you know, like, you know, Crafty Alliance, uh, Last Days, they're making styles. And they're not just going, like, here's 17 IPAs. So I think it's really exciting that they're sticking to their guns and they're they're making other styles and like you know Aaron from Crafty is making some amazing sours, yeah. you know Alliance is doing their cast nights which I love, you know and like you know that you can you can go to these local breweries in in uh, Knoxville and find you know a good brown a good you know like uh, uh, Balter just redid their um, their Belgian double and it is awesome really you know yeah he brought it out uh, when he when we first opened. Awesome. And it was pretty good, um, but it was also lower ABV than it should have been to style. Mm. And now it's to the correct uh, amount, and it, it tastes even better. It's great, you know. And it's not thank God just for the, new of the beer alcohol. Laws. Well, yeah, because <laughs> when you have these beers and you're saying you have to cut it off at six point two, well, what makes that beer go to six point two? Your different ingredients, and if mm. you make it different, it's going to taste different. Yeah, how it really needs to be is I'm just going to make this beer with the ingredients that I think as a brewer are going to make a tasty, tasty beer. And then the ABV is just whatever it turns out to be. Mm. Ideally, right? You know, yeah. it's like you don't make like chocolate chip cookies and you're like, well, uh, they, need, they need to just be this amount of calories. So I got to do this and this. What ends up when you get diet chocolate chip cookies? They don't taste as good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's a bummer. It's a bummer, and it, it's because they're trying to limit these certain numbers. But if you don't do that, you you come up with some really good cookies, mm. and if you come up with some great beer that way too. If you just go, we're just going to make a great beer, and we're going to use all our knowledge about ingredients and how they work to just come up with something really good. Mm. You know, mm. that's awesome. And now we can do that. Now, uh, are you were you originally from San Diego, or yeah, yeah, I was born in Poway, which is about uh, it's in San Diego County, and it's about. Um, Half hour from like San Diego proper. So I, okay, so you grew up with crap beer culture. Mm-hmm. That see, that's I graduated high school right when like the boom the boom happened that, in '96, mm-hmm. where like Stone and Green Flash and Ballast Point all started up. Wow, you didn't get into that one billion, huh? Ballast Point. Uh, I did not. I, did, I didn't get it. I thought of it and be like, hey, I'm from town. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, didn't get anything. No, but it's, it's but I will say that the reason why I asked that is because something in here in Knoxville. It's just it's. There's, there's a culture coming up of, of kids that are mean, and I think that's going to be great for oh, your yeah. education, for your mm-hmm. education piece. The culture of, I say kids, like, like where I'm a drug dealer. This is how yeah. it sounds wrong, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? There's a whole generation right. coming young up adults. children. It's young adults. Young adults. Children we're going to end. Young yes. Over 21. Over 21. Over 21. <laughs> yeah. No, but they're... But they're we're, we're old enough to call people over 21 man, kids. kids. We, I know, yeah, too. I know. We, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me no, too. Oh. They're going to grow up like... He, he did. They're going to grow up in a culture where it's craft beer culture. It's not, uh, let's grab a, uh, I mean, most, unless you're a frat boy, I guess. Yeah. I mean, and not, let's not go to the store and grab a. Uh, oh, no, you're, you're totally right. Case yeah. of Natty Ice. Let's go, oh, let's go to the craft beer bar and hang out. And yeah, they're going to grow up knowing that beer is a bunch of different flavors and that there are dark beers and they probably know what a couple of them are called and there are light beers and they know what a couple of those are called. Even though they've never drank any of it, if they yeah. just know because that's the community we're in. That's 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 one thing exciting to me is because I think as a college town, you, you get that like vibe of um, what about chugging? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a Knoxville no, that's no. a Knoxville thing. Knoxville thing. <laughs> only um, in Knoxville. Only in Knoxville. <laughs> were you out in out West Coast when that happened? I think it so. made like CNN and everything. I think it was terrible. It was terrible. It was, it was terrible. terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. But, but chucking vodka was but, it? No, it was. Oh, it was. That's when you're. It was the beer. It was. It was shotgunning beer. Tour de Franzia. Okay. It was Franzia wine. I did not research yeah, this. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah it's going I mean, in the other end because it's absorbed faster. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah, get I remember that. hearing I about that. That's the that's that's the that was Knoxville's drink culture before us. So oh we did. gosh. Yeah. Well, it's a tremendous upgrade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that but that the, the, the reason why I brought that up was because we can get rid of that culture in Knoxville. 
Yeah. We can we can have education out there. We can teach people, and uh, th- this is a this is an artwork. This is a, something to be respected, not something yeah. to be like. And the next generation can grow yeah. up with like like you did, and it be it all be around in this in the in the and the the styles and the freight and the different types of beer. I'm I'm trying to gather my thoughts here. Yeah, <laughs> the styles and different types are just a norm, normal thing. Yeah. And yeah, I think the next in the next several years we'll have just a more educated, thanks to people like you. Oh, yes. thanks. A more educated beer drinking audience here. Absolutely. Um, so let's take a little bit of a break. Okay. Um, I know we've got a beer in the fridge we do. that we want to sample. Kind of so that, yeah. we're going to take a little break. We're going to sample that beer, and we'll be right back. Well, we're going to sample it when we get back. So anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we are back. And um, promise I won't mention any more about butt checking. <laughs> Dang it! I already did. I don't know DJ. Uh, yeah. I don't know DJ. I think it's kind of one of your fascinations. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were running around asking everybody if they wanted their butt chug on Saturday. So, mm. dang it! <laughs> you get excited about something, you know? Exactly. You, you find you find a passion, it. you go for it. You, yeah. you just do. I mean, you know what? I, I'm not here to judge. We're, we're here not to judge. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, really, really, don't anybody think or do that please um, it's <laughs> yeah. very unhealthy um but but tony you've got a great beer for us what do we have uh so this is by mantra uh and it's called bang bang and it Ooh. is uh their latest double ipa mm. uh, yeah uh, i've liked a lot of the stuff from mantra um and uh we're gonna give this a try excellent that's a great noise it is i know noise. Yeah, i was like do this right yeah, any 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 ipa that doesn't have a hot pun right now is my favorite <laughs> nice yeah <laughs> I like that that's good that is a good point <laughs> oh this looks so good oh I can kind of smell it from here oh it's got such a good aroma citrusy kind of orangey yeah that's what I like in bang is spelled b-h-a-n-g Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. the exciting part of the podcast where I everybody, that, I always everybody make, just is like, oh, man, I'm driving from work. I can't do anything right now. See, I always make fun of tasting episodes of podcasts. And mm-hmm. We've done like two or three. Because you hear this. You hear plug, a pause. Plug, and you, plug, plug. And you're like. We, we've oh, only really done like one official, official tasting yeah, yeah. episode. And that was more like sit around and drink beer and make make fun of um, Elf's Blood. We did. Um, <laughs> That's what DJ calls it. Tell, tell him which beer it is. Um, it's the Shiner Cheer. That tastes like. Oh, okay. It tastes like Elf's Blood. Elf's Blood. <laughs> I'll have to think about that the next time I hear that. I know. That's it. Maybe you can officially review that as your. <laughs> Tony, do you feel like your palate has become more sophisticated because you become a Cicerone? Um, not because I've become a sister. I mean, I don't know if it's, I mean, it was sophisticated and everything. Cause that was one thing I was kind of scared about. And, huh. um, it's weird. Cause right now I feel like I can turn it on and turn it off. Um, which I really like because I just like drinking beer and I, I was kind of like, man, I don't want to have to like think about it every time I drink a beer or like, you know, am I going to be like analyzing everything? And when I need to, if I'm doing a judging or if I need to talk about beer, I, I feel like I can. And then if I just want to, you know, have a pizza, pizza, and a beer, it's it's not going to get in the way. I'm not thinking like, oh, these earthy hops really echo the dough in this pen crust. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, I might think about that a little bit, but more I just go, wow, this is really delicious and refreshing. This is nice. So I, I can enjoy it, but I can also really talk about it if I need to. So I feel like I kind of straddle both worlds. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean... The, my palate has gotten a lot better, and you know a lot of people go, oh, you know, my, I just don't have that good of a palate. You know, I just a lot of the, a lot of that stuff's lost on me. It was totally lost on me when I first started, and I tell everybody, it's like you just got to go over this again and again, and also just talk about it with your friends. Yeah, you know that is the best way to do it, and it's the funnest way to do it. You know, it, just sitting around and you don't have to know the words or anything like that. Just going like, I taste this, and yep. so many times I've been like, oh, you're right. 
<laughs> like I was kind of tasting something. I didn't know what it was. And then you said like, yeah, it kind of tastes like, you know, like chocolate graham cracker. And you're like, oh, that's what it is. <laughs> like that just, it just something they say just really gets it. And then now you have that term that you can now use whenever you want because you've made that connection. Um, the sense of smell and taste is is linked to the, all these old parts of your brain. So it's it doesn't work exactly like looking at a picture or or regular facts. Like they don't just go to kind of a categorical kind of thing. So it's interesting. You have to make the, all these different connections. And that's mm. the way I've found the most progress is to really talk about it with other people and see what they're tasting and kind of just do it over and over again. Yeah. I, I will say to to your point about taste, like the one thing that really opened my um, open my eyes to taste. Um, taste and smell really was. I, I had heard somebody say at one time, if you open your mouth when you smell, you will get so much more out of the scent. Oh yeah, it's just it's amazing to me how how much that's that's just changed my ability to perceive. Going back to what you were saying earlier about learning, um, learning learning how or sorry like having to study up and be prepared like this podcast is made i think dj and i just go okay we need to not be beer experts we're the humble beer podcast i can still get away with being stupid <laughs> sure, from time yeah. to time and it's, this it's is one the of the things humble, really. yeah it's one of the things i love about it and, and i think that kind of brings that layman's perspective on yeah. on craft beer that's one of the things i love but the thing that i like about it is um or the thing that it's really challenged me to do is to learn to taste to learn to describe beer because i realize if I'm doing something that's audio only, people aren't going to be able oh, to see what I'm tasting, sure. see what I'm doing, and having to identify flavors and having to identify this stuff has been has been a big part of my I think my learning curve over these past uh, gosh two years that we've been doing this podcast almost two years. I know. DJ. Well, I, he said earlier you you say something you don't have to use a specific beer term. You don't have to use. You, we, you, we put it in our language, yeah. and, and you yeah. put it in your friend's language. You said talking about, and you're like, hey, if I taste this, and I'm like, it's like pineapple. It's like, mm-hmm. a, it's like a, a, a flower. You put it in terms that you and your friends recognize. Yeah. You don't have to use like the uh, correct beer terminology when you talk with your buddies. Uh, yeah. And, and I think yeah. it make that that's one way it makes more people more approachable and say, hey, hey, man, this tastes a little bit like lemonade or yeah. you know whatever. Whatever way you can describe it to make them understand or or make me understand yeah. what you're drinking. Well, I think about it like food a little bit too, where it's like you know you know us three go out to you know Stock and Barrel and we all have a burger. We're not going like oh like the enzymes in this meat are just <laughs> making it so juicy, and I'm tasting you know the. I mean, we just go oh wow wow the bacon oh it's right isn't that really good or like oh the cheese oh yeah it's like so crazy it's basic words and like. You know, you can go, you could go really crazy and, and totally nerd out on your burger and like do all that stuff. And you can do the same thing with a beer, but you don't have to either. You know, that's what I want to keep. It's weird because I mean, I've gone full dork on the beer, but I, I want to make sure that everyone knows you don't have to, mm. I guess is a good way to put it. Um, but I wanted to, I didn't want to forget when you were talking about all the senses and everything mm-hmm. and like opening, opening your mouth and smelling yeah. and everything. Yeah. There's an awesome uh, kind of, experiment you can do and something I did in a tasting once and basically you'll take a uh, jelly bean and you hold your nose and then you put the jelly bean in your mouth and you start chewing on it and you won't really taste anything uh-huh. you'll 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 experience um, the, the the feeling of the jelly bean and you'll get kind of like maybe like a basic taste at the most but it's just maybe like a slight sweetness um, and then you open your nose and it's almost like somebody flipped a switch and you'll taste what it is. Like mm. I got grape from mine. And cause basically what it is, is when you smell, it is a large part of your taste or flavor really. Cause you can taste and you can smell and they're two different things. And when you put it together, you have flavor and mm. they work together really, really big tastes. You know, there's five tastes and they're working on like maybe six or seven, um, carbonation and <laughs> fat are up for being real flavors or real tastes. Hmm. Um, but these are basic tastes, and that's all they are. Um, it, it takes your nose and the olfactory system to turn everything else into real flavors. Hmm. So they really work together. 
So once you open your nose, you get airflow, and because there's two parts, there's a retronasal and orthonasal, and so you're going in is a retro or ortho, and then what's actually in your whole like kind of kind of above your tongue is retronasal. So that's why you can still taste stuff when you have a cold, because mm. you know the orthonasal isn't working because you're all stuffed up, but there's still sensors kind of inside your mouth up by your nose, mm. and so those work. Unless you're like really mucus. Yeah, and then you just get nothing. Yeah, (laughs) once you open up those air pathways, all the flavor happens. And it was just like, it's really shocking to to see that kind of difference. Mm -hmm. You know, it's crazy. And that's why beer glassware is so important. It is. You know, bottles, you're cutting off all the flavor. What do you get from what we're drinking? Um, I think you kind of hit it on the nose when you said the pineapple. I think I get kind of like, almost like... You get kind of almost like cooked pineapple, um, where it's a, like it's almost caramelized a little bit, and then. But I definitely get like some of those tropical fruit notes. Um, the yeah. bitterness is very low, which I enjoy because yeah. everybody goes, "Oh, hop, you know, IPAs. I don't like bitter. Oh, it's too bitter. It's too bitter. I don't like bitter beers either." You yeah. know, and when when an IPA is more bitter than hoppy, I'm kind of like, eh. mm. you know, it has to balance. Bitterness is to balance other things. And so there, a lot of times, uh, double IPAs are a little bit more bitter because they're a lot sweeter because of the grain build and stuff. But um, this is really nice. It has some, you know, those tropical flavors, and then definitely a little bit of hops and some. Kind of some piney, earthy notes, too, but like, it's just really well balanced. You're not getting a huge flavor from any one corner. And that's what I like in any beer. So, to ask a beer aficionado, mm-hmm. um, such as yourself, do you have a favorite beer or do you have a go-to? Um, well, for I, I would say I have a go-to style, and it's okay. usually IPA or double IPA. Um, that is my go-to. It really is, you know. Uh, and as much as I, I don't like the big IPA trend is like, this is what you got to get, and it's the greatest, latest, greatest, and everything. It's like, to me, it really is the latest, greatest, and I just... I, I just I really dig IPAs and double IPAs, mm. but um, that's one thing that all this all this work has really done is really shown me other beers and gotten me to appreciate other beers, um, and 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 really enjoy them and uh, especially with like food pairing and stuff. Um, but yeah, IPA is kind of my 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 thing. Cool. Well, yeah. What are you What are you enjoying with food pairing? You mentioned that earlier, and you you just mentioned it again. What what is what is fascinating you about food pairing? What right fascinates now? me about food pairing? It's easily the the most important and impressive thing to it is that really good food pairing can give you a third thing. Where like, say you have an awesome beer, and then you have this awesome dish, and it's like if they work together well, you get this third thing that you literally don't get if you don't have those two things together. Like if I if I have this awesome beer here and then I have this awesome dish and I, I take this beer away that works really well and I put another beer in there, this food isn't going to taste as good and this beer isn't going to taste as good. But when they go together, it's like the food is making the beer taste better and the beer is making the food taste better. And I've seen it happen too where, you know, people have had a beer with a food and it just works so well and then they have the beer later on their own. You know, they, they went to a meal and had it, and then they go to a bar and they just have just the beer. And they're like, gosh, you know, I mean, the first time I had this, it was kind of, it was kind of better. I don't know. I just I really liked it. Doesn't, mm. I'm not getting exactly what, I mean, it's good, but like, it's not kind of really what it was that first time. And it's like, it's because you're not eating that food. Mm. Because those things will set things off. Mm. I don't know. I think I either saw, I can't where I recall where I heard it from someplace. But a lot of the West Coast IPA spawned from the spicier foods. Well, That's what I've heard. I don't, with that, it's it's weird because there was just this big article, and it was what was what was it saying? It was talking about because basically with IPAs and and um, and the hot flavors and things like that, they enhance spicy foods. Mm. Um, so if you have an IPA and you're having it with some spicy tacos, those tacos are literally going to be spicier. It will mm. make them hotter, and. Um, People were saying, like, you know, oh, contrary to popular belief, you know, like, you know, IPAs don't really go with spicy food. And it's like, they don't, no one said they, and like, because I remember commenting and I said, 
as far as I know, no one said they should go together. Like, <laughs> they just, if you do, this will happen. Because that's the thing about food pairing, too. It's, it's, it's not like, if you have this and this, you'll hate it. Yeah. It's, it's like, <laughs> if you have this and this, then this is what you'll probably get. Hmm. But it's like, I mean, when I was a kid, I liked potato chips with mustard. I just like that. And, I mean, and everybody's got stuff like that, you know. And I tell people, like, when I'm doing a food pairing, I go, like, hey, these are the things I've set up, and I think they're going to work really nicely together. But you might like the first beer with the fourth thing, which I didn't plan on at all, but just the way you're tasting and the way you kind of like things, you're just going to go bonkers over that. And you know what? You're not wrong. Like, it might not be what everybody goes for, because certain things are just going to go well, like, you know, like, like chocolate and dark beers. Like, they yeah. have a lot of the same flavors, so they're kind of complementary to one another. But somebody might just be like, oh, my gosh, this Saison just goes so well with this chocolate. Like, maybe the other nine people in the room won't do that. But for that one person, they're enjoying it, and that's their experience, and they need to be, you know, that's, that's totally fine. Hmm. You know, that's like I tell people, they're like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm not an IPA person. It's like, well, what are you apologizing for? Like, I've got other stuff that's not IPAs, <laughs> you know, and there's also a good chance I can probably show you an IPA you do like. Yeah. But there yeah. doesn't, you know, no apologies. You know? I was doing a um, uh, beer pairing with cheese. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've been there. It was for a friend's giving a couple years ago. Yes, I was there, and that was actually a fantastic and friend's giving. We, and I did the, with the advertisers, I did, and I was just doing some tasting. Some preparing and uh, <laughs> did an excellent job, by the way. I gotta say, this this guy right. needs to go out for his cicerone. And, at some hey, point. and awesome. I did a it was like a tomato basil cheese uh-huh. with a Sierra Nevada porter. And I not did not think it would go well together, but I tasted it together and I thought it was like this is awesome. And so I just put it out there together. Then everybody that was everybody's favorite. Oh, that's awesome! And I was <laughs> like, great, that was an accident. I'll go with it. <laughs> hey, it's a happy accident, you know, yeah. like that's great. Are, are there any rules of thumb for the, for those people that are thinking, how do I pair my beers with my food better? Like, is there are there any basic rules of thumb? Like, yeah. Hefeweizen goes with X, and IPAs go with X. There so are on. those kind of things you can do, but, like, it's better to not even think about to that specific. Okay. Um, there's things basically like intensity, match intensity. That's, mm. like, one of the tenets is match intensity. So you don't want, like, you know... Some some sort of like light white fish that's just been like you know blanched or like very tenderly cooked with like an imperial stout mm-hmm. because that imperial stout is going to run that fish over and yeah. you're not going to taste anything. All that niceness in that fish will be completely destroyed by that, and the fish isn't going to add anything to the imperial stout. So if you're going to have this imperial stout, you need like a big roasted piece of meat or something that's in mm. you know matching the intensity. Hmm. And it has a lots and lots of flavor over here to match lots and lots of flavor over here. Um, you know, you have a nice piece of fish like that. It's like maybe even like a Hellas Lager or something very light on its own. So you have this level and you match the levels. And so that's really important. And then there's, uh, other than that, you're thinking about flavors. And this is, and a lot of people like, I try to connect all this to like cooking because a lot of people cook. Hmm. A lot of people don't drink beer, you know, the way that we like to explore it. But a lot of people do cook enough to be like, oh, well, you know, I wouldn't put like a ton of salt on this, but I would put a ton of salt on this. Um, And so with certain foods like um, actually with spicy foods, um, maltier beers go well because the malt flavors and the sugars can kind of absorb spiciness. So that works a lot. That works pretty well. Um, And then um, matching intensities and matching flavors, you know, roastiness, things like that goes Mm -hmm. with other roastiness. Um, but yeah, kind of using the basic flavors of the two things that you're like, think about it. Like, well, what does this taste like? And then what does this taste like? Would those things go good together? And then there's, there's weird things that can happen too. Like if you have an IPA with, with uh, salmon, like it'll never, ever work. Hmm. It's weird. You'll taste pennies. You'll taste pennies and metallic flavors. And it's just mm. a chemical thing. There's not very, there's not very many of those, um, that is just like, yeah, this will never, ever work. Like, uh, other stuff is more along the lines of like, oh, this will work. Like I just did a pairing and I paired, uh, it was with Sugar Mamas. And we did a Belgian double um, with a chocolate-covered marshmallow. And mm. everybody loved it. You know, And I had uh, Old Rasputin was in there. And a lot of people were like, oh, I figured with the chocolate you'd go with the Old Rasputin. And it's like, not really. Old Rasputin went with the gingerbread cookie. You know, just because of the spices. And that's like a mm. really strong yeah, spice. spice. Yeah. And then with, mm-hmm. you know... 
Uh, yeah, and then like I did duck egg quiche with a saison because saisons are peppery. And what do you put on quiche? Maybe a little bit of pepper. You know, mm. so it's like that too. You you can do these kind of um, almost like you like you like you got peanut butter and jelly. Mm. You know, it's like you could match you know some roasted peanuts with a like you know raspberry lambic, and then you have this like raspberry peanut thing, and you're just making this classic thing that you know people already love peanut butter and jelly. And you're just echoing the the flavors in that with another medium. Nice. So you can do that too. You know, things you already know work on one level, you do it in another way with with beer and something else, you know. That's really cool. Yeah, that's what I love about it. And it's and it's 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 been really fun, but it's it's just you gotta kinda go out there and try it. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Thank you, Tony. That's oh, of course. That, that's great to know, and I'm sure our listeners will really appreciate that. So Cool. I think all of our listeners love food and they love beer. I, I would hope so. I don't know what you would be doing listening to this podcast <laughs> if you don't like food or beer. Yeah. Or, or unless, uh, well, I mean, your grandmother probably still likes beer. You'd be surprised. She She's actually asked me a few times, like, I wonder what this beer tastes like. And Hey, grandmother. I know. I, I want to have her on the show just like as a, as a beer tasting, like, oh, you know, one of those, great. like, Grandparents react to craft beer, yeah. like something oh, like that. Yeah. I think it'd be awesome. Chris's mm-hmm. grandmother, do not Google butt chugging, please. <laughs> do not. He brought it back. <laughs> you, you know what? You know what's terrible about the DJ. Yeah. I will get a question about that over a family dinner at some point. Yes. <laughs> my work here is done. Oh, my Lord, uh, thanks, Memo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you listened. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man! Well, with that said, Tony, thank you for coming by. Of course, guys, this yeah, was it's great, been really fun. We'll, we'll go ahead and um, just where can they like we can reach you for anything you do? Well, you can always find me uh, at Casual Pint. Um, I'm the general manager there, so I'm there pretty much every day. Uh, except which, which Casual Pint? Oh, is that? Bearden. Bearden. Uh, casual Pint in Bearden, um, off of North Shore. Yep. Um, so check me out there. Um, and then you can also find me around the internet as uh, Tony Teaches Beer is kind of my handle. So I'm on Instagram and Twitter and all that good stuff. And then um, the whole schedule and lineup I've been putting on uh, Facebook and the social media places. But the Kaba website is uh, knoxvillebrewers.com. And then um, if you are a beer fan and you're on Facebook, uh, check out uh, Knox Beer Friends. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. a uh, Facebook group I made. Um, a little while ago, um, I, echoing one I was in in San Diego called SD Beer Friends, and it's mm. been great. It's been exactly what I want, where it's just beer fans telling each other, like, hey, check out this bottle. I just found it here. Hey, check out this beer. You know, check out this place. Check out that place. You know, sharing each other's events, and it's become a real collaborative place, and I'm, I'm really happy how it's turned out. So that's a great place to reach me or uh, just get in touch with like other beer friends. I mean, the other day uh, somebody got on there and they're like, "Hey, I'm new in town, and I got into this group. Like, where can I, where can I find good, you know, beer?" And people were right there for him, just saying, "Oh, yeah. check out Alliance, check out Craft Bastard, check out this. You know, hey, if you like this, go here." And it was like, "That's exactly what I want. Just a community that helps each other." And and mm. you guys are totally it. Excellent. Yeah. All righty. Well, Tony, thank you for your time today. Oh, of course, guys. Yeah, thank you, you for having me. Yeah. Um, and as always, this has been Chris Hill. This is DJ Loop. Remember to stay humble. And draw new beer. That's right. All right. Yeah. <laughs>